More memories are made when you're there for live NFL action. And when you need tickets, our friends at Ticketmaster have got you covered as the official marketplace of the NFL. Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. You can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash NFL. The Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Ready? All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. See, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Welcome into the Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM. I'm your host, Brendan Glasheen. Today's episode, NFL Week 6, Best Bets. Joining us this week, we have our... Normal guests, not to say our third one isn't normal. I want to make sure I make that very clear. Uh, Brandon Anderson and Luke Swain, a.k.a. Vegas Refund, our rotating third chair. He's back in Jill Gallant, the host of the Touchdown Show. You can catch that Sundays on the Action Network YouTube channel as well as in the Action Network app. These three guys are getting us set for week six with best bets. They'll provide three bets apiece. You can find each of them individually in the free award-winning Action Network app, and they'll also have anything else that you might be eyeing for the coming weekend. Please, if you don't mind, leave us a five-star rating. Week five was a little rough for us, all in all. Brandon was uh, good on the look-aheads. Uh, show for the season 23 and 26. Regardless, we're on to a new week, and uh, we're excited to dive on in to today's show. If you're watching, by the way, on YouTube, please uh, subscribe to our Action Network YouTube channel and also throw the video a like. We greatly appreciate it. All right, Brandon, uh, this is a familiar pick to some if they tuned in last week. What are you eyeing for week six? Best bet number one. Yeah, I'm going to start out where I've gone on the look ahead and on the hot read. I'll go for the trifecta here. I'm just going to take the Colts plus four and a half in Jacksonville. So kind of uh, I'll summarize the take I've given so far and add a little bit to it. This is a schedule spot that I have had circled since the schedule came out. We have, for the first time ever, a team returning from London, two weeks in London, at I think what should be a massive disadvantage, rest-wise, travel, home field for them. Jacksonville, look, they won the two games in London. I'll give them credit. I, I can't say I expected that to happen, but I think they benefited a lot there from the London advantage. They're used to playing there. The other teams came on short rest, short travel, that is. Now we flip things. Now they're coming home from two weeks there. We've never seen this before. Typically, even coming back from one week in London without a bye has gone very poorly. We know that that's the angle we've been doing. The opponent usually goes over the team total against a tired defense. And 11 times a team has come back from London without a bye. All 11 times that team has either tied or been trailing at some point in the fourth quarter. Now we have double the effect with Jacksonville and... The Colts are finally getting healthy. Colts are getting their left tackle, Bernard Raymond, back off concussion. Quiddy Pay, the pass rusher, is back. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor is back in the flow of things. Maybe Shaq Leonard. Jacksonville is bottom three blocking against pass 
pass block and run block. That is not going to go well against a Colts D-line that's been top 10, both getting after the passer on pass rush and stuffing the run. Quiddy Payback, I mentioned, DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart in the middle. I think that's going to give those trenches a lot of problems. And then the other angle here, of course, I think as the Colts are getting all those bodies back, the one name they're not getting back is Anthony Richardson. I'm not sure that that hurts us. It might help us here. Uh, We get Gardner Minshew on the revenge game. Gardner Minshew has taken two-thirds of the snaps in three Colts games so far this year. The Colts are 3-0 in those games. They're 0-2 when Richardson played the other games. They're 3-0 with Minshew. I think he's at least as good, certainly better as a passer and game manager at this point than a rookie. That's not really even saying a whole lot. But, yeah, I just like the Colts here. It's a great spot for them. Great spot to fade Trevor Lawrence, 3-7 against the spread as a favorite, including 0-5 ATS when he's favored by four or more like he is here. Has not been good in the heat as it should be in Jacksonville. I just like everything about this pick. So I want to come back one more time. Give me the Colts plus four and a half in Jacksonville. And again, if you listen to us uh, last week, same time as always on early Friday morning, Brandon gave this out at five and a half. So hopefully you could be on both spots. Luke, what's your first one? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Colts as well. Plus four, plus four and a half. Either one works, which uh, like Brandon said, this is an unprecedented spot really um, in terms of schedule where they've been in London two weeks. And really the only thing you can probably compare it to is since 2019, the Niners, where they've gotten the NFL to cluster their East Coast games um, in the past. And since 2019, they've done it, I want to say it's five times. And they're 1-4 straight up and 0-5 against the spread uh, when they travel back home. Um, so it's a small sample size. It's not apples to apples, but it's the closest thing we have, really, which uh, tells you how unprecedented this is. But like Brandon said, Colts are going to be getting back Rain Man, Quiddy Pay, hopefully Shaq Leonard. Jags, both their tackles are injured. Um, what, if they play, they're not going to be at 100%. And it's just a, a great spot in Jacksonville where they really don't have any home field advantage at all coming off a massive win against the Bills uh, where they're just overrated at this point. The defense isn't great. It's they're, These two teams are pretty much equal. And if it was two and a half... I wouldn't. I would say okay, but factoring in two points of difference on these teams just isn't it. Even if we're giving two, three points on whatever home field equals, it's not going to equal what it does in Jacksonville. So Colts plus four. All right, yeah, that numbers come to four, some four and a halfs. Um, would you play it still at three and a half, gents? Either of you? I'd play it above three for sure. I'd probably still okay. take it at three, but I would definitely bet it confidently above three. I have a question for Luke, actually. Luke, we've heard from you on the podcast before about your uh, escapades working at Jacksonville Stadium. <laughs> so I know you know as well as I do that Jacksonville is where the Colts go to die. Like this this is almost yeah. an auto bet on Jacksonville for, I think Jacksonville's covered the spread like 14 of 17 times against the Colts uh, home and away now. So we're obviously fading that, both of us. I know you know that trend and are always on that too. Does that give you any concern here? It obviously doesn't stop me, but how about you? Honestly, like like Mondays I do like a gut check and I just go through the schedule and I kind of just like pick off sides that I like. And at first I picked the Jags knowing that trend. I was like, Jags it is, like Colts are just so bad. And I just like think about that. Was it last year they were like 20-point favorites and they lost to go to the playoffs? Like 
it's bad. But again, you can't. That's the problem with, I guess you could say, trends. Like each team is totally different. Um, yeah. Where a lot of it, Jacksonville had a different coaching staff. But uh, when I was working at the Jags, like that team <laughs> was bad. I mean, we had Blake Bortles. It was like the pools were the only thing that was cool about the Jaguars at that point. But it is what it is. But it, like the trend is a trend, but this is also like an unprecedented one yeah. spot where you kind of just have to ignore it. Where if it was different, I'd probably be looking at the Jags. They weren't in London for two weeks without a bye. But yeah, it's definitely something. That was the that was the end of the 2021 season, entering the playoffs in the new year in 2022. Carson Wentz and the Colts <laughs> lost right. 26 to 11. So um, bad. That was that was the one. And I mean, to Brandon's point, Trevor Lawrence has had the most success of any team in the division. It's this one: three and two straight up, four and one against the spread. Trevor Lawrence against the Indianapolis Colts in his career. We are going to talk London though. Because Jill is eyeing a specific quarterback in the London game on Sunday morning. Well, I don't know what's more fun, that Carson Wentz is catching strays on this pod <laughs> or that we're going to have another AFC South pick to start off the podcast. But we're going to fade Ryan Tannehill in this spot. We're going to take him to throw an interception at minus 120. Now, the Titans run offense is kind of falling off. They're, they're playing as well a top run defense in the NFL in Baltimore. And Derrick Henry just does not look good this year. He's averaging a career low 3.8 yards per carry. So if the Titans are going to start off slow and they're not able to really move the ball, that means that they're probably going to have to throw a bit more. And that's not good for Ryan Tannehill because it's probably going to be easy pickings for Baltimore. Tannehill has 63.8% completion percentage this year. That's his lowest as the Titans starter. And they're facing this Ravens pass rush. They're top five in pressure rate. They're second in total sacks. Their defense is getting healthy now. Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Williams back. And the Ravens have scored first in each game. This is what they do. They get out fast. They score. And then defensively, they sit back and then they wait. And whether it's going to be a tip ball or just a bad throw from Ryan Tannehill, he's going to give us three to four chances in this game to cash this interception prop. So Ryan Tannehill to throw an INT in London. Okay, really, really, Ooh, AFC South to, to lead off the podcast. Oh, wait till the next one. Ooh, stay tuned. As it relates to London, Brandon, you know your Seattle Island last year, Texans Island this year. You you do love you you love yourself the pond going across the pond. Your next one relates to this game also. I am. I'm staying on the island. I'm going to stay in London, and I'm going to basically just kind of go with Jill's pick here and fade the Titans by just backing the Ravens. Minus four. Last week, we bet against the Ravens. We got the Steelers. We, we got lucky. Let, let's just be honest. Like, the Ravens absolutely should have won that game. That's the rah-rah Tomlin magic, but I think that also makes this a great spot to buy low on the Ravens, who really should be 5-0 and right now. They gave away the Steelers game. They gave away the Browns game. They are an underrated team. I wrote in my power rankings about this is a great spot to buy some Ravens futures. And I think this is a great way to invest here. We have a neutral site game. And so I basically just get to look at the line and say, okay, are the Ravens four points better than the Titans? Sure, absolutely. Jill talked about the Ravens getting healthy now. At the same time, the Titans are not healthy. And we just saw just before we start recording, Traylon Burks is not even traveling to London. So he's out at receiver on the D line. The one strength of the Titans, in my opinion, Jeffrey Simmons, Tyre Tart, they have not practiced this week. They they might not play, especially Tennessee 
actually took a bye week next week. Imagine that, guys. Travel to London and take a bye week. Novel concept. Tennessee's <laughs> doing it. And I think they're more likely to sit some of these guys, give them that extra like three weeks to recover. So we're doing the London thing here. Gentlemen, I got to take you back to 2017. Baltimore has played an international game only one time. It was 2017. They were 2-0 to start of the season. They went there to London, faced the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're going Jaguars again here too. Jacksonville beat down the Ravens 44-7. to It was the second worst defeat in Baltimore franchise history. Ravens had 21 plays in the first half for 20 yards. Joe Flacco finished the game with 28 passing yards. 28 passing yards for the entire <laughs> game. Baltimore finish 9-7 and seven and missed the playoffs in a tie break. John Harbaugh was furious after that game in the press about the international, the travel. He was like, let anyone else do it. We don't want it anymore. This is the first time they're going back. And by all reports, Harbaugh has not forgotten. Baltimore left Monday morning to go to London. They're doing everything different. Last time they went late. This time they, they're the earliest departure to a London game. They wanted the whole week to settle in. They've been like shipping over meals and things like that since before the season to prepare for this spot. Tennessee is literally traveling right now, Thursday, as we are doing this podcast. Baltimore is going to be ready. Baltimore has been a great first-half team. Like Jill said, that's been a Lamar Jackson trend for his career. Baltimore is just better. Baltimore has been great defensively. I don't see the Titans' offense having much of a chance. Mike McDonald, a name you're going to start to hear a lot on defense. Number two DVOA with Baltimore, even though they're missing like half of their starters so far. So I love this for the Ravens. If you ignore Jacksonville games, international favorites, 21-9 and against the spread, 70% in non-Jacksonville games. I'll just take the Ravens. I think they're much better. Give me Baltimore minus four. Okay. And Derrick Henry doesn't seem right. That kind of lines up with Jill's thinking as well. Uh, I mean, that O-line is so bad. Like, yeah, bad. That's true. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if anyone's going to be good, even if even him. But. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> no, but it all, it, it all, Brandon's analysis all aligns with yeah. Jill's thinking that Tannehill is going to be in a game script or he's going to have to throw. Um, and he could be very, very vulnerable. This next one. So I'm aware <laughs> of what's going on here as far as the picks. And I'm personally, spiritually and mentally kind of offended by it. And Luke, you should be offended by yourself. What's your second pick, please? All right, so we were on the pass last week, and that didn't go so well. And, we and what did we say? It, and and you said, uh, what, did, what did we say if it didn't go well? If it didn't go well, you asked. I'd say they were blacklisted, um, oh. which I will say it's actually the opposite. Where if, like, they didn't cover last week, and it was, like, a decent game, like, I would not be looking at them. Where if, like, they, like – Gave an effort or whatever it was. Like, it, I wouldn't have interest. But the fact that they just got absolutely destroyed, like, is, which is probably an understatement, is why we're going back. Um, if last week was buying at an all time low, we are, I don't know, <laughs> whatever is below that, we're there. Um, but you do have to realize, like, they've had the hardest schedule so far. You got the Dolphins, Cowboys. Dolphins, Cowboys, Eagles, and then they just had the Saints who the Saints offense they made it look fantastic, but that defense is legit. Um, and then Mac Mac is I don't want to defend him. Um, I've been anti Mac since day one, but he's thrown three pick sixes. He's had a fumble for six. Like those things just aren't sustainable. Um, like we hope, 
He's thrown <laughs> he's thrown as many pick sixes in his three seasons with New England than Tom Brady did in twenty years in a Patriots uniform. Yeah, he's not it. He just has to be it this week. And it's, it. he's bad. He's played the only team outside of the top fifteen in terms of defenses that they face is Miami, <laughs> which is actually the only game they were kind of in outside of the Jets, but he's been good against bad defenses and just Awful against good defenses. And the Saints, legit D, RD didn't hold up. Um, so this is this is it. It has to be it. And the Raiders, 27th in the league. Like, their D is bad. Like, every like the, they can't get the run going. Uh, I mean, it's just – and the Raiders have had, the th- I think, the third easiest schedule to date. They haven't even put up more than 18 points yet against any teams this year. And they face some bad defenses like the – Chargers and Broncos, like, and they still couldn't put up 18 plus. You got the Jimmy G, McDaniel's angles, which those are things that there's probably like the Belichick versus hold coach, whatever that trend is, it's probably in Belichick's favor. Um, and then you got short underdogs coming off of shutouts, are 59 and 36 against the spread. And then with teams that were three or less, they won 16 outright. Um, and on extra rest, they're nine and two. So I mean, like, it, it, everything aligns for this on the road. It's just it ha- if it's going to happen, <laughs> this is it. And I'm no one's even buying into Belichick anymore. Uh, this is like if anything, people are like against him at this point. And oh, Belichick team off of a loss, like that's not it anymore. This is just buying an all-time low going to an overrated Raiders team. I guess you could say three-point underdog. This doesn't work. Then they're actually blacklisted unless they get <laughs> shut out again by 40. Then we'll probably be on them again next week and just eventually it has to hit. But this is it. Pats plus three. What is going your way is there are some two and a halfs now out there in the market. So you, you're getting the three. There were some three and a halfs earlier in the week. Mac Jones in his last 10 games as an underdog is 0-10 against the spread. Um, courtesy of our own Evan Abrams at Action Network. Okay, I I don't have much to add. I'm just going to let you do that, and we'll move on. Uh, let's go to Jill Gallant. Uh, Jill, are we staying in the interception market? Yeah, so this is, and again, I know that everybody has just been dying for more AFC South content here, but uh, <laughs> this is a classic case of me betting on someone because it's due. And that's CJ Stroud for an interception at plus 130. This is such a misprice. And, and I'm not betting on this because, well, it's, five games he's bound to throw one at some point it's because our predictive analytics team headed by nick giffen and sean kerner they have determined that stroud is the luckiest quarterback in the nfl for turnover luck so stroud right now is near the top of the nfl with 16 bad balls thrown he has a very high bad ball thrown rate Right now, there are only two quarterbacks who have had 15 or more bad balls thrown this year and have no interceptions. That's C.J. Stroud, and the other is Brock Purdy. Right. So for me, at this point, Stroud is definitely coming through here. But let's look at the stats. So Stroud, top seven in pass attempts per game, but he's also bottom seven in completion percentage. And now we're facing a Saints team that made Mac Jones look like shit last week. Now we're seeing a Saints team that is top 10 in pressure rate for their defensive line. They've already forced seven interceptions this year, at least one pick in four of their five games. 
The only game where they didn't throw it or he didn't get an interception was against Bryce Young because he was consistently throwing the ball in the dirt. And the Saints overall have made most quarterbacks look pretty ordinary. I mean, even the game where Baker Mayfield, I mean, he looked elite against this defense. He still threw an interception uh, to their secondary. So C.J. Stroud to throw an interception against this Saints defense is my favorite INT bet of the week, hands down. Ooh, okay. And again, if you if you haven't heard already, C.J. Stroud, NFL record for the most pass attempts without a pick in his career, 186 ahead of Dak Prescott, 176, and Tom Brady, 162. He surpassed both of those players this season uh, in his rookie campaign. Brandon, does this concern you as it relates to your third pick? This does not concern me, but how dare you walk onto Texans Island and desecrate the island like that, choosing to bet on a thing that has literally never happened in human history before, a C.J. Stroud interception? How dare you give me Texans money line plus 110 against the Saints? I didn't even realize I'm all in on on AFC South. I got three AFC South picks this week. So, yes, let's let's fire it up. Back to Texans Island. C.J. Stroud. Came through late with the big touchdown drive. Really impressive drive from him. He continues to look amazing. Defense didn't hold up, so they didn't get the win there. But I think it's a great spot to sell high on the Saints after the shutout win against the corpse of Bill Belichick. Whatever is happening with that, Houston, again, getting healthy here. They finally have the offensive line almost whole again. Both safeties are back. Tavier Thomas, their nickel corner has been really good. He's back. Look, Jill, you talked about the Saints have made quarterbacks look very ordinary. Let me read you the quarterbacks they've faced. They need no help to look ordinary. Ryan Tannehill, Bryce Young, Jordan Love, Baker Mayfield, Mac Jones. If you make those guys look ordinary, you have upgraded those players. Those are terrible quarterbacks, have not done anything well. Pass rush win rate, like you you talked about pressure rate. These stats are muddy. So you had them as a top 10 pressure rate. I believe that that's out there as ESPN's pass rush win rate Saints are dead last in winning that one. These stats are confusing because we don't necessarily know how to grade the line stuff, but that matters to me because CJ Stroud, when he has time, is elite. That's been the book on him coming out of college, and it's held up so far by PFF grades. When Stroud's under pressure this season, he has a grade of 36 out of 100. He is the 31st ranked starting quarterback under pressure. When he has a clean pocket, his grade goes up to 91 out of 100, top five in the NFL. I think he's going to have a clean pocket here. That line's getting healthy, and the Saints are not getting home as much. I do have a slight concern. The Saints' D-line has been excellent stopping the run. The Texans are terrible running the football. Bobby Slowick, if you're listening to this podcast today, Texans offensive coordinator, please, for the love of God, stop running on first down. Stroud, let him throw the ball. You're winning that way. Please throw the ball. Texans pass rush, I do think gets home a little bit. And, you know, this is just my usual here. Bet on the Texans, fade the Saints. Dennis Allen, 4-11-1 ATS as a, as a favorite. Derek Carr, 17-32-1 ATS as a favorite. As favorites of five or less, Dennis Allen is 6-7 and seven straight up. Derek Carr is 9-11 straight up. They have losing records as shortish favorites here. You bet against them on the money line. You're making about 21, 27% ROI. So I'm going to take the money line here in part because the line is low enough. Like you're probably getting a plus one and a half. So at that juice, usually I, I like to just take the money line anyway. I personally make this something like Texans minus two and a half. So that would typically be like a minus 150. 
I get Texans plus 110 on the money line. So uh, it's a much better margin of profit for the risk here of taking a more coin flip game. I think you both can get there. I think we can agree. Both of you can get I there with so. your picks. CJ's due. He's going to throw his interception soon enough. And the Saints are a good defense. So, sure. Well, let's let's both hit, Jill. You can get your interception, and, and Stroud will come through late, and we'll, we'll, we'll both get the win here. Beauty. All right, Luke, what do you got for your third pick? I'm going to go Vikings minus two and a half at the Bears, which it's I feel like a broken record, but you got the turnover luck that is just going against the Vikings. And last week we were on them, and – there was more than enough opportunities for them to cover against the Chiefs. Um, and now the officiating, that, too, was pretty uh, brutal was, at the end. It, yeah. it, was, it was tough. And yeah. now they're going to Chicago, who Chicago probably just had easily their most impressive win of the season last Thursday against the Commanders, which you probably have to um, improve their rating a little bit based off of that. But the Bears just aren't – they just don't scare me. The worst defense in the league – Injuries everywhere. I think they're on their like fourth running back now, uh, which I think running backs matter more than most. But generally, like if you're on your fourth or fifth, like it's probably not great. Um, and then you look at the Vikings, who were five and a half point favorites at the Panthers a couple weeks ago, and you're now two and a half favorites at the Bears. Um, are you telling me that the? And I know Justin Jefferson's out, but like mm-hmm. that's not enough for me. Um, where Jefferson being out, maybe it's given us value. Uh, they still have plenty of pieces. You have Addison, Osborne, Hawkinson. I think Akers is going to come into the fold that she might just stink anyway. But like, <laughs> Cousins has been better this year than he has last year. I think he's fourth in EPA. Uh, so two and a half, you're kind of you're getting value, whether that's off of the injury to Jefferson or not, uh, against the league's worst defense. You can get pressure on probably fields enough because you're not going to be able to run the ball. Um, and if Fields has to beat me with his arm, that's fine. Um, the Vikings are better than their record. Yep, no JJ. He's out. Kevin O'Connell didn't sound all that optimistic about when he might be back. But uh, a little, I'm a little nervous that oh, – I'm not nervous. But if he gets, like, the cup treatment where if he's out, like, five or six weeks and they're already out of everything, if they just shut him down for the season I thought this that year, too. Uh, that would stink. But – Hey, but they went up high in the draft, got Addison, Hawkinson, above average tight end. They still got enough, I think. Uh, They're going to need a QB next year, I think. So maybe tanking for one of the three or four guys would be great. (laughs) Or they could take Mac Jones as a reclamation project. Um, Anyhow, (laughs) Uh, Jill, take us home. Your last pick for week six, best bets. Yeah, for sure. And I'm going to go with a touchdown score. Uh, But with a little disclaimer that touchdown scores this weekend, a little more difficult, especially for the outdoor games. There's going to be a lot of bad weather this weekend in certain areas, um, high winds. So if you are looking at touchdown scores, make sure you're getting proper value or even trying to play with games that are indoors, which is why I went with CeeDee Lamb at plus 125 to score a touchdown. Um, Initially, I wanted to take DJ Moore in this spot against Brandon's Vikings, but Lamb indoors, I think, offers a little bit better value here because I think the Cowboys are going to have to come out and throw in this game. The Chargers' offense is trending upward, and they're getting Austin Eckler back. They're going to score points. You're not going to be able to just run the ball and play keep away with Tony Pollard against this offense. But the Chargers' pass defense, they don't do them any favors. They're bottom five in yards and touchdowns allowed to wide receivers. And that's with having the week five bye. They're still bottom five in those categories. 
for the six passing touchdowns they've also allowed have been by 35 yards or more. And that's Lamb's specialty because he doesn't get a ton of red zone targets. He mainly likes to beat teams over the top. And he has catches of 30 yards or more in four or five games. So you're going to probably see a few long bomb attempts to CeeDee Lamb. I think he can beat them in this spot. I had fair expected odds around even. So if we're getting it around plus 125, I think this is a solid spot to take us home. All righty. Uh, good stuff. I like I like this. Two picks and an inter- uh, anytime touchdown. The Action Network podcast is presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get up to $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Gentlemen, more memories are made when you're there for live NFL action. And when you need tickets, our friends at Ticketmaster have got you covered as the official marketplace of the NFL. Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure that you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets... Make getting in on game day a breeze. You can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors, like Brandon did today. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash NFL. He's got a Vikings jersey on today for the podcast. Brandon, speaking of Brandon, look ahead line for week six. What jumps out? What are we betting now? Yeah, speaking of the Vikings, I had to wear the jersey today to offset my pick because Jill finished (laughs) us on Monday night. I'm going to take us ahead a week to Monday night in the following week. I'm going to take the 49ers, minus seven, at Minnesota. So look, as I grew up a proud Vikings fan, I moved to Chicagoland in 2001, all excited to rep my Vikings. First Bears home game of the season. They play the Vikings, the Bears beat them. Chicago has owned the Vikings in Chicago. They've won 16 of the last 22 matchups, basically the entire time I've been here. So I think that the Vikings are unlucky. That's pretty clear. They're not as bad as their record yet. That's clear. I think they're about to start catching up to how bad the record looks with no Justin Jefferson. You guys talked about kind of the the possibility of Jefferson shutting down and the team trending very negative. Give me that high draft pick, please. As a Vikings fan, I think it could start in Chicago. If the Vikings struggle or lose in Chicago, San Francisco, by the way, probably going to face PJ Walker this weekend, who I didn't even realize was still in the NFL, XFL, whatever he's doing these days. He apparently might start in Cleveland. So I think the Niners run up the score. That's what they've been doing. I think the Vikings might struggle or lose. Minus seven, 49ers, the way they're playing, this line is going up. I think we're going to hit double digits. I wouldn't be shocked if it got towards two touchdowns if things really go sideways. I don't need to tell you the Niners are better. You already know that. San Francisco has won 15 regular season games in a row right now, 13 of them by at least seven points. So they're not just barely winning. They're covering this. We know Vikings won score games, but not when they play a real team. Last year, they lost to the Eagles by 17. They lost to the Cowboys by 37. So that's the caliber that the Niners are here. And don't forget, Monday night. Kirk Cousins on Monday night. You know you want to bet against Kirk Cousins on Monday night. 2-10 ATS, 2-10 straight up. So the Niners are going to take care of business. It is minus 7. It's a good teaser-ish sort of number. We did the just win baby teaser on the look ahead a while back. If you like that here, Seahawks minus seven against cards, I think is a good way to play that one as well and do the Seahawks Niners just win baby. 
But uh, I like the Niners. I think this line is going to end up giving us a lot of CLV. So just give me the 49ers minus seven at my Minnesota Vikings on Monday Night Football. Yeah, and you can you can find sevens. I'm seeing I'm seeing some seven and a halfs. Would you lay off at this stage in the week if you see seven and a half? No, nah, I'll go ahead. I, I grab the seven if you can get it. But uh, like I said, I think this line is going to end up hitting the double digits and longer. So of course okay. you'd rather have a seven than a seven and a half. But the way the Niners are running up right now, I, I'm not too worried. It's going to be close. If anything, I, I wish we could grab some alts early before that value starts to go away. So grab the seven and a half if you need to. All right, very good. That's going to do it for our AFC. No, I'm just joking. I was going to say this is an AFC South podcast. No, we are the Action Network podcast, our NFL Week 6 Best Bets episode in the books. Again, we're presented by our friends over at BetMGM. If you missed the full betting preview earlier in the week on the Action Network podcast with Stucky and Raybon, that is available and out now wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to tune in on Monday morning for our weekly recap episode with Jill and Evan Abrams, Brandon weighs in with the hot read, so be sure to tune into that when the weekend concludes. Don't forget to download the award-winning Action Network app to see all the picks from these guys, our other contributors at Action Network, and you can also track your own picks. Best of luck this weekend, everybody. For Brandon, Jill, and Luke, Brendan Glasheen signing off. Thanks for tuning in to the Action Network podcast, presented by BetMGM. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.